Hey, it's Ash Sade, and you're listening to I Got Questions. This is part two of my interview with Menu. If you haven't listened to part one, I really recommend you stop and listen to that one first. To fully appreciate this episode, you need to understand Menu's path to becoming an activist. In this episode, we pick up in Turkey, where Menu has escaped to from Iraq. He walks me through applying for refugee status at the UN, life in Turkey and some of the fun he finally gets to have, and how we almost ended up in Sweden instead of Canada. I asked him about his first impressions of Canada, and they surprised me. As he said in part one, he's a bit different. And in this episode, I realized that he has a laser focus on what he thinks is fair treatment and dignity, things that he thinks Canada didn't do too well. I find out how he met my mom, and I'm a bit blown away by the coincidence that led them to reuniting. We end on a topic that's pretty popular to most Middle Eastern families, and that's Western conspiracies and who really has power. We end on his vision for the future. Enjoy. Okay, so what's the process? You go to UN and you say, I need a sign Well, basically, people uh, like kind of teach you what to say, what to do. Coach you. Coach you. There was a team house. That's what we call it. The house already been rented by the party that everybody newcomers goes and settles there. Yeah. They would be briefed that what to say, what not to say, what is acceptable, what not, just to go and uh, introduce yourself to United Nations. Obviously, you're not lying. You're political refugee, but you shouldn't give up which way you come, who was helping you. That's the moral thing, right? Because other people follow you. You cannot just give that away. It's like a resume. You're not lying, but you're telling certain parts. No, you, you don't give information which is not necessary for them to know. Okay. At some point in my interview, I, the guy said, I'm not satisfied. I said, okay, I cannot make up the lie for you. This is what happened. He said, say me that. They said, okay, if I say that to you, why not going to United, to Iranian regime and tell them the same thing and get a lot of money for it? Yeah. Oh, I'm from Germany. I'm a United Nations lawyer. I said, well, I don't care who you are. From my point of view, you're asking something which has nothing to do with my case. In this interview, is there a translator there? Yes. Okay. Of course. No, I was talking like that. No, no, I know, but I didn't know what language he was speaking. <laughs> no, I, there was a girl named Shada. She was my translator, and uh, I believe she was doing a good job as far as I could tell. I don't know. Maybe she was, <laughs> she's, her English was as shitty as mine, so <laughs> I can't tell. Well, she did a good job. You're here. He would ask a question. He's retarded. He doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Sir, please, just let him go. <laughs> I think he's talking Poor to guy. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Simpson. Just like Simpsons <laughs> with the FBI. Yeah, when I hit your, when I nod and she I hit your you, arm. don't answer. Just keep looking straight. <laughs> <laughs> I love that episode. So, okay, you do a bunch. How many interviews? Like, what's the process? Years of interviews? Well, I failed on the first one because I didn't have... Well, actually, because my a guy I knew used my name before I even come to Turkey to make her his case even heavier, right? And he already had a good case. <laughs> I don't know why he screwed it up for me. Okay. And then my party contacted me. He said, listen, you cannot uh, use that information. I'm not saying what. Okay. I can't say what. Sure, yeah. But you have to create another new information. He said, how can I come up with this things like that? Yeah. They said, well, you cannot use that information. Because he used it already. So yeah. when I went there and I did, I couldn't give all the evidence I have. Even one of them would, enough, would be enough for the United Nations to fly me personally, <laughs> right? But I couldn't use any of them. So yeah. what I did, I tried to convince the lawyer and their 
probably given bullshit every day. Yeah. And she thought I'm giving, actually he thought I'm giving a bullshit, the guy who asked me for things and I said, I can't give it to you. And the second interview. Hold on. When you fail, you just go apply again? Do you have to No, wait? no, no. They give you a second interview. Okay. You have to come up with some documents. Okay. And the second interview for me wasn't so hard. I told her, listen, I have nothing to add to my case. Either you're convinced I'm a political activist and I would be, my life would be in danger if I get deported back to Iran, or you're not. If you're not satisfied, don't make me wait one week for answer. Tell in my face, I have no problem with you. I'm going to walk out and think about other options. Okay. And she just accepted me right there. Was your life in danger if you went back? Or do you think you could have survived? And no, no, no. I could go back in party would have expect me, accept me very easily. It wasn't like I did something taboo and they don't want me back. No, outside of the party. Well, outside the party, yeah. I could have walked, like, I could have do what these refugees did. Remember these recent refugees from Syria just walked? No, I mean, could you have gone back to Iran and survived? Well, yeah, there was a case that people went with the different identity. Yeah. And they survived for a long time until they just attempt another exit. Otherwise, yeah, you could, you could mix. You could, we were experienced enough. And we had, remember, I told you they gave me two fake IDs, right? Yeah. I would have asked them to give me Iranian passport. They would have made me such a passport. Even Iranian airport wouldn't uh, take. Okay. Facilities, they were excellent. They had the best people. So it wasn't a problem to go and ask, hey, change my identity. I'm going to go back in Iran. Okay, okay. I understand. Okay, so she said you're accepted. Then what happens? You just have to wait? Yeah, you have to basically wait, they say, six months. For what? Less than four, just to process your case with uh, any... Uh, country in my case they first they gave me to sweden and then uh, something came up about a woman who couldn't fly if she would have missed this fly okay and i was the only single one amongst those six dozen uh, six uh, couples yeah so everybody looked at me see if i'm gonna be volunteer to step back and i did they said if this lady doesn't fly now because she's pregnant. By next uh, flight, she's going to be rejected by any flight for next six months. So okay. it's going to be childbirth in Turkey without the father being present. So I... She had a good story. Yeah, I had a very ups. I had a very bad day that day. I said, "Why did you have to why, get pregnant? Why? Why? I never heard something like that before. <laughs> why did you get pregnant? Why it happened now? Anyway, I was upset I was coming back. But were you, were you excited for Sweden? Did you care? Well, I had all my friends there. Okay. I was upset I was coming back. And then apparently Sweden liked what I did. They contacted Canadian Embassy. Why Canadian Embassy? I don't know. But I know when I went home, there is a, the postman in Turkey wears the uniform, looks like police uniform. <laughs> and he knocked the door very hard. And I was just arriving, right? I looked at it and said, shit, now what? We yeah. already lost the flight. <laughs> what else these people want? I thought it's a police. Yeah. I didn't look very well. Otherwise, I could distinguish between police and post. But as soon as I saw the house, I said, fuck, what the hell are these people not? And then I opened the door and he gave me, back then it wasn't fax, it was telex. And I, with my English, obviously I was an educated guy, Per se, I could see what they're saying. They said, Mr. Sorabi, we would like to meet with you. And they put the date of tomorrow, tomorrow of that day. Okay. In the Canadian Embassy. 
And I was, was what do they know? Yeah. I didn't realize it was told by Sweden, Sweden people. Like, can you take him? Yeah, this guy just did a favor to us. Can you take him? Something like that. I don't know exactly what they said. But anyway, as soon as I got uh, in Canadian embassy, by the way, I bought a jacket with whatever money I had left. <laughs> I tried to look my best when I went to the interview. And your cool jeans? Huh? And your freedom jeans? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same jean. Yeah. Probably I wore that. I was in Ankara for 16 months. I was wearing same pants, for God's sake. There wasn't anything else. Okay. <laughs> Who don't care about plans? We were yeah. trying to just escape. Anyway, guy, he was a short guy. His name was Tom. And uh, he said, the first thing he asked me, he said, if you come across the Iranian diplomat in Canada, what would you do? What would you do? Well, that's a good question. Well, I knew I was ready. And I said, <laughs> well, if I'm in Canada, which means I'm already been accepted as a Canadian. So in that case, I'm going to follow my government. If they say kill him, I'm going to kill him right there. Oh my there. God. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of extreme. Yeah. If they say don't touch him, being a Canadian citizen, I wouldn't touch the guy. It was, it was a kind of smart ass that answer. That is a smart answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he said, okay, sign this. He liked it. He said, that's sign. I said, what I'm signing, I asked the interpreter. He said, that's the promise which uh, Canada would pay for your ticket and you make a promise to pay it back. Okay. And Later on, I realized those son of a bitches ripped me off because the price on that was $2,500. The year I flew to Canada, it was like $700. Is this <laughs> normal? You pay for your own flight? Yeah, everybody. Every, every landed, probably Canadian don't know. Every landed immigrant, know every landed immigrant would pay for their own flight and exam. And uh, there is a physical exam too. You say landed immigrant. Is this refugee? Are we talking about refugee? Well, landed immigrant, there's a difference between refugee and landed immigrant. Landed immigrant is somebody who has been accepted as an immigrant before coming to Canada. Okay. You have documents, you have your visa, you just wait to become a citizen. How? By staying country for three years and then passing the exam, then you become Canadian citizen holding Canadian passport. Refugee, on the other hand, you can be in Canada for seven, eight, ten years, still not winning the immigrant status. We came as landed immigrants. Yes, you came as landed immigrants. I've been lying to people my whole life saying we came as refugees. No, no. And everyone's no. like, you turned out no, so well. Your father came as a refugee. He got accepted by United Nations. Then your father's case become landed immigrant with Canada. So every one of you were landed immigrants. Oh, did you do the same thing? Applies everybody. Refugee? Yeah. As, oh, okay. Yeah. As soon as uh, so I kind Canada, of lied. Yeah. They always look. They even put the code. They don't call us uh, political refugee. I remember very well in my uh, landed immigrant paper. I was identified as a new worker. I get it. So you know why? Because political refugee, you have special uh, laws and regulation which applies to you as according to. Geneva Convention. So these people don't want to be liable with that kind of convention. Oh, okay, they okay. call you new worker, which actually you are a new worker when you come to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you signed the paper. How long before you go to Canada? The moment I signed, actually it took almost exactly six months to the day. Did you go crazy waiting? Like how, did they tell you it's no, going to no, take no. six they, months? No, no, no. They tell you it takes six months and you have that paper with your color picture in your pocket. I've been stopped probably six, seven times during that six time by political police of Turkey, meet. And as soon as you show that, that's enough for them. They just say, okay, I'm sorry. And they walk away. Did you have to prepare in any way knowing you were leaving? You just wait? No, you, you just use the uh, information from people. Hey, what should I bring? I mean, yeah. you don't know, right? Yeah. And, Nobody had the right answer. And I said, you know why? You know what? 
they probably give me some money. Let me buy things now, which I'm going to lose money over it there. What did I do? I bought toothpaste, toothbrush. Things socks, you would need anyway. Yeah, underwear. Things like that, because I didn't know what people were right there, right? I couldn't go and spend whatever I could get on clothes, which I might not be able to wear, right? Right. So I just brought probably my handbag was the smallest handbag for any of those passengers in that flight. Did you do any research on Canada? Why? With my World Wide Web? No. 1990? Don't they have libraries? No, you couldn't. go In Turkey? What you can find? Turkish library? <laughs> There's no libraries in Turkey? No, it has. There are a lot of libraries. But you couldn't read them. Right? So you excited to come. You wouldn't go search. You were excited, you were saying? Yeah, the, your search was come down to ask people who have some experience, who have relatives over there. I'm just thinking, if I have six months, I'm, you know, I get obsessed. No. When I buy a car, I research every picture of that First car. First of all, I was at my youth peak. I was excited. I'm in a very Western-looking country. I had my fun. Did you have fun in Turkey? Oh, yeah. What did, what did you do for uh, fun? I'm not going to go through it with you, but I had a fun and uh, not that something that I'm ashamed of, but I had a fun, this normal, like young, young people fun. Yeah, for example, I had a Turkish girlfriend, which no, taught, yeah, taught me very nice Turkish. At the end, once mate uh, had a conversation with me, they said you're lying. It's been way longer than what you're saying to us that you've been in Turkey. I said, well, why are you saying that? She said, he said. Your Turkish is very good for that time period you're telling us. And did you say your women are good teachers? And as soon as I said my girl was Turkish, I believe they kind of hated it. I was going to say it. But they couldn't say it in my face. They said, oh, okay, that's explains something. You know, you flipped a coin a lot. Telling Canada, if you tell me to murder him, I'll murder him. No, no. I, look, honestly, if I was in this age, I wouldn't say that. No, of course not. But I'm young, I'm adventurous, you know. You already played with your life countless times. Right? I understand, yeah. That, like, walk in the, what they say. In the park. Yeah, walk in the park, talking with the polite agent in Canadian embassy. That was nothing. Do you remember the first time you had alcohol? Yes. I was probably 10 years old. <laughs> oh, my God. No, no, no. Listen, I, I wasn't given alcohol. My father, they, our culture is like that. People would sit and drink with friends and they don't even pay attention to kids. And I accidentally okay. grabbed the glass, which had uh, like, let's say, this much for the people who might listen. It's about uh, an inch. Yeah, less than an inch, maybe half an inch. Like half a shot. Yeah, no, a very small okay. amount, but enough to make me dizzy because... No. Okay, let me ask a different way. The first time you intentionally drank alcohol. Well, back, that was, I was 18 years old. I was invited for a wedding. Okay. It was funny. We couldn't buy, like you go and buy from LCBO. Yeah. We would have, we would have buy it from some guy who had it in a plastic bag <laughs> wrapped inside his pants. Was it just liquid in a plastic liquid bag? Liquid in a plastic bag, like you want to move a fish from one point to the other? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That that's how that's how we bought the alcohol back then. But how did you know what you were buying? Did you like poke a hole and that was that was look that was a Russian role that you were playing because <laughs> okay. a lot of people got blind. Trust me. Yeah, like they would put al uh, metallic uh, metallic alcohol I do, I rubbing alcohol or something. No, it's called we call it alcohol metallic. Okay. And oh. they put it in uh, those kind of liquors, and a lot of people got blind. I remember one shot, about 50 people lost their sight. But it was worth it. 
Well, yeah, as I said, it's a Russian roulette. You get hit at the first bullet or no, you just keep shooting and nothing happens. So you get... And, some and, and the feeling was amazing. So you I'm buy, not going to lie to you. When your brain is fresh, never touched alcohol. And then you get drunk, not drunk, drunk, drunk enough to not to stay straight. That was one of the best experiences. So you bought industrial alcohol that's warm. No, 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 not industrial. <laughs> My luck, the guy yeah. was a legitimate guy. He knew how to do it. He okay. knew how to extract the alcohol from, uh, let's say, grape and process it. And it was a very nice. Oh, he made it himself. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like smuggled. No, no. Smuggle is the original one. It's the one you buy from LCBO. But yeah. we, couldn't, we didn't have a budget and we couldn't get our hands on those things. Those things were for rich people. So this guy had like organic alcohol. Yeah, you. that's what actually what it is. It's yeah. a beautiful grape. Beautiful process, knowledgeable guy, and it was a clean, clean thing. Yeah. Okay. Probably 55% alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to, because there's a lot, and we're going to do more than one of these. Yeah, I it's, wanna, I'm getting to like it. Never mind, you're not going to pay me $5,000 an hour. Like we agreed. Yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> You're having fun? Oh, yeah. Okay, we can keep going. Yeah, you, okay, you, I don't mind. I okay, no so do you remember the day you left Turkey to come for Can to Canada? Uh, it was, uh, when I arrived, it was exactly one week before 1992, which means everywhere was shut down already. I have to stop you. You saw us in Turkey. Why did you, how did you see us? What was the story? As I said, because I had a, a Turkish girlfriend, I was interpreting for people. One of them was your father. Okay. And he had a problem, some sort of problem with his <clears throat> passport introducing you and your mom and Alan to the police, because that was the process. When your family comes, you take them to the police and say, hey, this is me, this is my ID, and these are my kids, and that's my wife. So I had to go there and uh, be the interpreter for your father. Did you know him before? Did you know of not, him? Not personally, but I knew he's a political refugee too. I knew he How did you know? Well... You know, it's a community over there. You see people in front of United Nations. You talk with people, you know. So I know his brother. When they say in front of United Nations, hey, this is Asad, this is Omar's brother, then I immediately recognize who this guy is. I understand. When he asked for my help, I didn't hesitate. I said, okay, why not? But your dad also knew my grandpa. My dad with your grandpa were best friends. But you never met my mom. I did meet your mom, but when we were met, we met probably, I was, because I remember clearly, now listen to this story. My sister, which is exactly the same age as your mom, used to go to school, primary school with your mom. I remember one night, one day, because I was three years younger than my sister, I wasn't in school yet. Yeah. She came to grab my ma my sister and go. I mean, your mom came, right? Okay. And in the process of preparing my sister, my mother combed your mother's hair too. And I was laughing at them. And I would say, hey, I'm not going to go to school. You guys are going to school. That was the freshest memory I have from childhood seeing your mom. Yeah. And before that, yeah, a couple of times we came to their houses. We had a relationship. We would come and go. But uh, when I saw your mom in Turkey again, I couldn't recognize her. Obviously, I grew, I was full of grown. She was adult. And we didn't know. The reason we got to know each other again, it was your grandma. You were both in the same party? Not the same time, yes, but yes. Okay. Did you know she was in the party? Uh, later, yeah. Before later. you saw her in Turkey? No. Okay. No. 
Once I identified her, who she is because of your mo- um, grandma. Your grandma asked me, who am I? And then when I explained, she turned to your mom and said, do you know who this, this guy is? This is in Turkey when she this came to visit. Turkey. I remember when she came to visit. And then she said to your mom, do you know who this guy is? I s- your mom said, no. I said, you will. <laughs> yeah, no, she said he's the son of a head. Yeah. She named my father yeah. and my mother. And then, then, if you remember, if you recall, I don't know, you're too young. To I don't recall. remember you in Turkey. Okay, you don't remember I took your grandma one day for taking her to restaurant and stuff in Turkey? No. Okay. So anyway, that's why when she identified herself, then I felt, okay, it wouldn't be polite if I don't ask her out. I took your grandma out. I brought her back late and then your Alan, your brother, asked her, his mom, <laughs> your mom, what that guy did with my grandma, Why? where is my grandma? <laughs> it's not that. the last time you took grandma out. No, day. that was the last, that, that was, was the first, the first time, time, not the last of many. Time. Do you think in the factory where you fell on the floor, mom fell on the floor too, and they picked both of you up to like, go over here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's a strange story to meet yeah. as children. Actually, whoever heard that we knew each other when I was so too young and then it happened that we met again in turkey in some third country it was it is amazing to anybody yeah when you're both seeking asylum at the same time not around the same time yeah around the same time because but imagine one comes from iran one which is completely me random coming, uh, coincidence completely random and the reason it came to me is because you said you came a week before 1992 we came at the same time that's what i mean this is so weird yes That's what I mean. When we came, everything was shut down from government side. It was, I mean, you wouldn't expect to be greeted by oh, immigration. December. The only thing I remember, my flight was two part. Once I, uh, actually a few part. I flew from Ankara to Geneva. Then from Geneva, Switzerland, I came to Montreal. Oh, okay. Then from Montreal, immediately after one hour, we said we flew to Toronto. Night in Toronto. I didn't know back then, but now I realize they took us to the shelter. You know, the homeless shelter? I didn't realize somebody tried to save money or steal money from immigration. Okay. The money which was given for us was a hotel, which I later found out, uh, which was a pretty nice hotel. Mm -hmm. But instead of that hotel, that person, whoever, whoever he was or she was, decided to take us to a homeless shelter. It was scary. Yeah. Not scary that I was scared. I was pretty young and energetic guy. I could have defended myself. But scary was getting diseased because everybody around me was kind of homeless. walking disease. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I didn't know. I thought that's a norm, right? I The next day, which it was snowing very hard, I had a flight to Vancouver, the last place we would go. And then in Vancouver, the guy in Vancouver was in the thief. He took us to a Very nice hotel. I was in hotel for one month. Wow. Yeah. Uh, until they accommodate us with uh, housing or something. Stuff like that. Yeah. Who did you travel with? Were you with friends? In the first flight from Ankara, we were like 20 people that we knew each other. Then in Ankara, uh, then in Geneva, yeah, in the hotel, we still were like 15, 16 people knowing each other. Yeah. I was in two, in a room with two other my friends. And then we got visited with the other friend that night, which was very nice. First night in a developed in country. In Geneva, yeah. In Geneva, very nice. Actually, back then I was smoking. When I went for a walk, I couldn't feel okay to throw my box. Because it was clean everywhere? It was so clean, I didn't feel okay to do it. And I really hold it until I came back to hotel. In front of hotel, I put it in the ashtray. That's an actual psychological thing called a broken window theory. Yeah. 
where they say if you go in a shitty neighborhood and you see a broken window, it's going to be like a snowball and get worse. Right. right. So if there's housing and you keep it clean, people will respect it. Yeah. But if you have housing and the city doesn't clean it up and people don't take care, of it, then it's just expected. So you can use me as a witness. I witnessed that. No, no I didn't believe it until now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it was I, a lie. Honestly, I hold it until I got to the hotel door and I used the ashtray because it wasn't feel good. It was so clean. So by the time you came to Vancouver, how many were you? The group. Uh, it was like night in uh, Switzerland. The day we flew to Montreal, one hour in Montreal. Then we came back to Toronto. We slept in shelter that I set, and then the next day. We flew back to Vancouver. In Vancouver, we were greeted with a very nice-looking young lady, me and my friend. We were only two. You're left By then, two. we were oh, two only. Okay. And the news about we going to Vancouver spread it very fast amongst the political people, like a radio called Peshwak and stuff. They came like they greeted. They were greeting Che Guevara. <laughs> you know what I mean? They had <laughs> yeah. some. I don't know what they have. They had in mind like they're gonna see some Rambo or something. They said, they, oh, we're very pleased to meet you guys. So do you think you disappointed them? Oh, yeah, I mean, come <laughs> on, look at me. <laughs> I was disappointing myself. Uh, are you still in touch with that person you came here with? Well, no, you know his name, right? His I don't name? remember. Azad, you don't remember Azad? No, I know him. I don't know that's who you came with. Do you remember what your first impression of Canada was? The first thing that came in my mind was, uh, I mean, Obviously, I couldn't speak English, but the first thing came, it was how people are not good with you. What do you mean? For example, the first problem I had with immigration, because when you come as a landed immigrant for one year, you're not on welfare, but you were supported by immigration. It kind of looked like welfare with a better pay and a more respect. Okay. And the first guy, because he didn't have a good conversation with my translator, he just decided to not to pay me for one month. And he got away with it. And I don't have a language, I don't have an income. And because he didn't like the translator's attitude, he just dismissed my pay for that month. And obviously, I didn't know as much as I know now. I would yeah. fry him right there. I would go after his job. But back then, you don't know. You, you think, okay, maybe this is the norm, right? And a lot of shit happens. People in Canada don't know. For example, when you land in Canada, some for some reason, they bring a pair of boots for winter and a coat which you wouldn't wear in your last and worst day of life because it's shitty quality, shitty color, forced on you as a landed immigrant. And later you will find out that the Canada, government of Canada paid $1,500 for that boot and that coat. But in between paying to those people and getting in your hand, these thieves in between, they go and find some relative's company yeah. in the middle of nowhere, bring a $5 jacket and a $1.50 boot and give it to you and write it off that $1,500 under your name. It went to the point, I didn't know that Canada paid that much, but I didn't like it. I didn't want it, right? Yeah. I didn't want it and I said, I don't want it. Very simple. And the translator apparently had a hand in it and he came, he said, it's bad for your case. I said, what case? We don't have any case. <laughs> You're already here? <laughs> no, what case? Yeah. Criminal case? I don't have a case. Yeah. No, sir, I mean, it's not going to good look on you if you reject. I said, why? I don't like the color. I don't like the quality. What do you mean? And by the way, I didn't take it. I didn't take it. And uh, later I find out it's $1,500 they steal on every single immigrant. 
But that's how government contracts work. There are so many layers. Everyone makes their money along the way. Not excusing it. No, no, I understand. But isn't that kind of uh, 250,000 immigrant a year legally, right? That's what they claim. If every one of them, every one of them supposed to get $1,500 worth of jacket and boot and they get like $20 worth of jacket and boot. So it's not a small amount of money. You cannot just forget about it. So it goes way back, way up, probably I'm not trying to name names, but it goes way higher than you think. It's not just some shady, shady guy in the... No, no, I agree. I'm saying this is how the whole system works. Now, the second thing, the second thing, Canadian government gave us two coupons. One of them was $500 worth of clothes, which means it's not money in your hand, but it was $500. Okay. And it's been guaranteed by the government. Again, they take us for a shopping as a group. I remember we were like 50 people. 50? 50 newcomers. Okay. They take us to some, back then, I don't remember, there was a shitty store named Wolko. That's what Walmart bought in Canada. Walmart is 10 times better. But no, no, anyway. but that's what they bought. They took us there. And like an animal, you know, this barn when you want to direct your cows to some specific direction. They had a rope specifically for us to guide us toward the shadiest part of that store. And they said, you have a right to choose from these things. Me being me again. <laughs> and I said, hold a second. <laughs> I might not know how to speak English, but I'm not. I didn't born yesterday. <laughs> this is $500 in my hand. Either I'm going wherever I want to shop in this store or I'm going to walk and I'm going to convince these people to walk with me. <laughs> <laughs> they were pissed store manager or owner or whatever it was translated they were pissed i said hey you can't force it on me i don't want this right i want my coupon i want it put in my pocket and i walk out so they couldn't do anything and i bought i remember i bought uh, one of the most expensive jean jackets ever built (laughs) or ever made (laughs) and yeah that's one thing and the second thing they gave us like 25 dollars of coupon for things like uh, detergent or soap okay yeah. i didn't feel good to go you know i was young and yeah. you know proud guy i couldn't go to the drugstore and say i have this coupon from guy i didn't never cash it really yeah but that was the bad experience the first taste in my mouth was very bad when it came to canada because i didn't exp- i didn't realize that really corruption is that obvious especially in a country like canada you read too many books? Yeah, no, it wasn't that I didn't read anything about Canada, but it wasn't acceptable. It was at so lo- low, the bar was so low, you wouldn't even think that might be true. Probably a lot of people who would listen to this part of this conversation, they say, this guy is just making up story. But go ask for any immig- immigrant who at least came in that area, yeah. and they were in my age. They would say the same story. When did you start to enjoy Canada? Or do you enjoy Canada? Honestly, honestly, it's not that I hate Canada or I like Canada. I don't enjoy specifically being somebody. Yeah, I like things I see. I like Niagara Falls. I like nature. But to me, it's all the same. When it comes down, when you look at the world from the window I'm looking at, you could not forget things you see. For example, I'll give you an example. Remember that Occupy uh, Wall Street, which came to Toronto too, and there was a demonstration. Remember when police removed their name tag? Oh, yeah. And start beating people? So what the fuck is different between them and some fucking police who I left behind in Iran? So as in, when you look at it from my point of view, you don't see much different. Yes, people live better. Yes, people you live 
eat more processed foods and they think their ice cream tastes better. But when it comes to the real deal, those fundamental things, those yes. fundamental things you would see, every, everything you would see in a third world country in a better level or more cosmetically different level, you would see it here. Are you disappointed? First of all, no, because it's better than me executed. Speaking of low bars. <laughs> right, that, I, I just told you how, bar, <laughs> how low the bar is. I think everyone agrees being yeah. in Canada is better than being dead. I believe nature gave me one chance to live, right? And I appreciate even if I'm homeless, if I'm, I'm not some stupid idiot who goes and hang himself because this today is scoring the game wasn't good enough. I believe life is a chance. I believe, I really believe. So life is precious to me. So I'm not like disappointed, disappointed, but you kind of expect more from people who say, hey, 80% of our population have a university degree or 99% are, they can read and write. So in this kind of situation, you're upset in its own level. You're not upset as a third world country upset. Do you think there's any country that you would enjoy? No. Because you see this kind of corruption, you would see it everywhere? Look, just I'll give you an example. You know Julian Assange, right? One of the best countries collaborated with CIA to bring that guy down. It was Sweden. Okay, Sweden is nice in every way you go research it. In the book, people are happy. Everybody is nice to everybody. People are fair, blood. But when it comes to real issues, when... There is a revolutionary guy like Julian Assange. You would see the real face of those son of a bitches. Did you see the stuff that leaked about him? Ah, no. But I don't, I don't really mind whatever they say because I never, ever... No, I mean that he worked with Russia. Like they actually found proof. Okay, let's say, let's say he worked for Russia. How come it's going to be uh, such a big of a deal? But it's not a big deal if you go and research on your computer now. Who killed Patrice Lumumba? No, I'm saying just about Julian Assange. So, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, when you see, they, they never come. Look, whenever they cannot nail you with something political, they would go after your life. Okay, who killed Che Guevara? I no, my question though is... Mm -hmm. Because this is usually what happens when we talk about this stuff. Yeah. I'll bring up something like Julian Assange working for Russia, maybe. But, but you'll say, no, no, I understand. but what about these other five people? No, no, I understand. But how credible is the news? How come Julian Assange, first of all, ask me what I think about Russia. Russia, in my eyes, is as corrupt as any other corrupt country. Like you asked, like Canada. It's not that uh, I'm in love with Russia. No. But the reality on the ground is, if there is no Russia, this aggression from the ISIS created by CIA would have grasped the whole area like a wildfire. So in that aspect, I think there should be a presence, somebody, there should be a wall to say, hey, enough. Am I approving of uh, Putin? Of course not. Putin created the worst oligarch-run country in the history of the earth. People can get away with the murder just because they know they have money. They know uh, Putin. Yeah. So I'm not talking about who says that, who did. Okay. But I'm just saying, someone like Julian Assange, we think he has certain values, and then he actually compromises them for what? You should be smarter than this. I'm not saying you're not. What I'm saying, you should look at different angles. When they cannot break you, why do you think? Why do you think in the U.S. they always, sexual case is always kept so sacred? Because it has a use. You don't remember. I remember when Michael Jackson. I, I know all about his cases. When Michael Jackson shook hand with 
Bill Clinton again against the odds that they were counting on, Bill Clinton again w- became a president. And they saw, okay, this guy may be a shithead, but he's voice counts for something when he supports somebody it might be dangerous so they come up with the case of child abuse with him which i'm not saying no or yes what i'm saying you should be spectacle when it comes to this kind of stamps when they put on the people especially when it comes from the western media but i'm skeptical of people who say julian assange is a revolutionary i'm skeptical of every I'm label not, i'm not saying he's living for a better world what i'm saying he revolutionized the way media is supposed to work you're right that's all i chelsea manning i'm not 100 with chelsea manning the guy was in army for god's sake but once she or he went to the real deal and saw the cover-up he had conscious he was human enough to say hey not in my name and she suffered the consequences not everybody can do what's what snowden did mm-hmm. It's the best family history, best life, best pay, best guarantee, yeah. best girlfriend, the smoothest life in every aspect you can think of. But he had a conscience, something that is not familiar with the people who are willing to steal $1,500 from you at the airport. So right? are you putting uh, Edward Snowden, or sorry, uh, Julian Assange in this group? This is what you mean? When it comes to journalism, yes. But okay, I know I, I'm with you. Am I, I approving of his personality? I don't know him. I never saw the guy. I just think he has a bias. I didn't. I didn't well, believe it. Well, no, no, no. Everybody's a bias. I know, but his, I don't agree with. I know, no. What I'm saying, everybody is biased in what sense? For example, when you want absolute free speech, you're biased toward free, spe- free speech. I, you're not conservative. You're not Democrat. You say everybody has a right to free speech. I'll give you an example. There was a guy, Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah. obviously crazy demented but i got offended when they shut his channel down because if he doesn't open his mouth how the hell i know how full of shit he is a lot of people feel this way who are you to decide what is good for me to listen or not but you know the card they play mm. the card they're playing is we're a private company well i'm, I'm not saying well that's that's where i look when you read book then you would laugh at something called democracy too democracy means nothing As long as you can have the power which interprets in money, you can write the new rules for democracy, which should have been written by YouTube, Facebook, and Google just now. No, no, this is in the news right now. Yeah. So, when you look at these people, Julian Assange is an angel. <laughs> you say, oh, this guy, at least he says something. Okay, you convince me. You no, convince that's me. what I'm saying. I'm not praying to him. Probably he did that sexual assault. Probably he didn't. But I don't even I'm leaning. The Russia part is no, I no. Care. What I'm saying, I'm leaning toward him not doing that because the moment it came up, it was just because he they needed a something to go after him. What if it's true? I don't know. Can I prove it is true? No, no. But I'm saying, no. what if you have enough proof that you think it's true? Does well, does it change then? Why he should be followed and prosecuted by five countries? Put a fair trial. And let the lady speak. I'm I'm for the lady, for the right of lady. I, I have nothing against. No, no. Against but I mean, would it change your opinion of him, or you don't? But in look, you cannot just dismiss somebody. Or for example, you can be worst person in the world, which we had in my party, but he was the best commander. If he would have go for a far war, for a fight, you know. 
10 people with him, all of them would come back because he was responsible. Every person has a weak part and good part, bad part. You cannot just dismiss, okay, he has a sexual problem, he, had, he did that. Okay, put him in the jail for 10 years, but you're after his life because he say, he showed some helicopter killing innocent people in Iraq. I'm disappointed in you because uh, I grew up thinking you're black and white and you're very reasonable. <laughs> I was expecting black well, and white. Well, I was black and white when you were asking for things you shouldn't have. That's you were very black and white. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> no, no, let's put him in jail. Okay. Well, let's say I grew up again. Last question. Mm -hmm. Do you have any realistic vision of the world in the next, say, 50 years? To be honest, it's something that I think about. You know, I'm driving, right? Yeah. Like 11 hours a day. I have nothing else but thinking. Sometimes I think about things I like, like nuclear physics. I'm not saying I'm so sophisticated, but I'm so fascinated by it, yeah. right? It opens a window, which I have millions of questions I, uh, I have no answer for. So I, I like that. And the second part is just thinking about the life, about how long this shit can go on. The way I see it, the system is self-efficient now. Even a lot of people know that it's not a good system. If you go against it, it's so powerful, it's going to crush you. Am I saying there wouldn't be another revolution? There wouldn't be changes? Yes, I, it will. But so far, my experience is, especially at this age of revolution of technology, any change would lean mostly toward against human benefit. Talk about AI talk about advancement in microbiology whatever whichever way you turn it's scary it's scary this russia just came out and introduced the most sophisticated nuclear weapons who can go faster seven times faster than speed of sound right so the other guy would come up with a jet flying 12 times faster than light and all of them is scary i don't see any bright light at the end of the tunnel Especially with this generation, which I see, they're just so fascinated with the fame. They don't read books. They don't care about history. They don't know anything. Honestly, that's what I see from young generation. And I don't see anything, but I think it gets more sophisticated. The life goes harder, unless we have a real revolution, of course. Uh, life generation to next generation is even get harder and shorter. That's what I see. Next time we talk, I'm going to try to cheer you up and convince you maybe you're wrong you can give me ice cream right now <laughs> and i'm okay thank you well no problem